This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, Quinn Amorum. Whatever your goal is, if it's to generate leads, sell products, send more emails, click funnels, can give you everything you need to market, sell, and deliver your products or services online. All of this without having to hire or rely on a tech team. So if you want to try it for two weeks, 100% for free, go to failfastpodcast.com forward slash click. That's it. I'll say it again. The link is failfastpodcast.com forward slash click. Welcome back, my friends. Today, we have a very special guest who enrolled in the Australian Army when he was 17 years old, and he became an Army combat fitness instructor for six years. He also once started a tattoo shop in Thailand, and he also started and was able to grow Silk Rig Performance Unit into a million-dollar company in Helsinki, Finland. Let's welcome Aaron Silk Rig. How's it going, Aaron? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. So let's start right away with why from Australia going to Finland? <laughs> so when I was uh, living in Thailand, I had the tattoo shop there. Um, I was a part, part owner there, but uh, I met a girl. And um, after we met, uh, we spent a lot of time traveling around Asia together. And then after that, uh, we both moved back to Australia. Um, I was working in the mining industry. Uh, from there, I basically, um, yeah, we're working long days and she, she got sort of bored. Uh, she got into university in Australia, but then we found out that university was going to be free in Finland. So one of the, one of the massive perks in Finland is free, free education. Uh, when we found, when I found that out, I said, fuck it, let's go, let's pack up and let's move over there and I'll, I'll give it a shot over there. And, um, yeah, so over here for that main reason, that was the original reason. For a woman, which is the only reason why people come to Finland. Yeah. So, how does someone start a tattoo shop in in Thailand, and what were you even doing there? Um, I originally went there to just for a bit of holiday, and I, I thought I like it here, so I, try, I want to try and stay for a bit longer. I didn't have that much cash, and so I went into the tattoo shop and I and I, I bought into it, um, and I offered to uh, sell the tattoos because I can't draw a stick figure. So uh, there was no way I was going to do any tattoos. Uh, but, uh, I knew I could sell them. So I was selling tattoos and, and taking a percentage of the tattoos. So it was a, it was a nice, easy way to get some money and uh, be able to stay for a bit longer. And it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. There you go. I guess I finally met somebody like me that cannot draw a stick figure. So <laughs> I'm the same way. Did you still own that shop? No, no, no. No. Long gone, right? Long gone, long gone. All right. So, um, was that a failure story, or do you have any fail fast stories? I do. So, when I moved to Finland, um, I was working as a mechanic to start off with. Uh, but I looked at businesses that were doing pretty well in Australia, and there was a, a business called uh, Muscle Meals, which was a, a healthy food business. And um, so, I pretty much tried to clone their business model and change a few things uh, because the, the fitness industry is not so big in Finland. Uh, so I tried to make it a bit more for, for general population. So I bought it fit meals. Uh, we made the food a little bit more, a bit more normal, I would say. Um, but we had that for, I had that for a year and a, a year in, we, we decided to, to close the business and we went through bankruptcy. So 
it took oh. one year. So um, yeah, that was the that was my failure story, I would say. But it was uh, it came down to in the end it was picking the wrong the wrong business partners. Um, you know, making some really really amateur mistakes, and then realizing I knew nothing about marketing. So uh, that's a that's a big thing when you start a business and you, you sort of realize you don't know how to do a Facebook ad or a Google ad or uh, really how to write content or how to do anything that's really valuable and just sort of put up a website and hope people go there. It doesn't really work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we learned some really good things though, um, and that brought me to, to what we're doing today. So. I'm still really, really happy I did it, even though it cost me a bit of cash. Yeah, for sure. There, there's a saying that I really liked, and it's, uh, we don't know what we don't know. And sure. when you when you get into business, so many things that we don't know start showing up. And uh, so I guess that uh, that is a good lesson, though. Uh, did, did that help you in what you're doing right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happened was I was... Um, we worked out towards the end, I, I, I got rid of some business partners uh, and then I, I brought on who one of the guys who is now my business partner for the, for the, for the gym business or the coaching business and um, we worked out that uh, companies were buying food to make their staff stay longer at work at night time, so providing them dinner. And so we worked that out and that sort of turned out to be the people that would buy the food consistently was the bosses of the companies and I was like, okay, they sort of value this. like healthy food delivered to their work. Um, so we started to cold call companies and try to sell the food to them instead of, you know, hoping they go to our website and they never heard of us. And it was a whole new niche as well that no one was really delivering food apart from pizza here at the time. So, you know, getting any food home delivered was, or, or delivered to your work was, you know, very, very rare or very unheard of. So we, we were calling around companies and I, I Googled, you know, in my naivety, um, what companies speak English uh, and what companies make, make good money, basically. Uh, so I could be the one to call, call them. And then this company called um, Supercell came up. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it was, they created the game Clash of Clans and Boom Beach and uh, Heyday and uh, Clash Royale. So I think it's the, a few years, up until like Spotify times, but they were the top, you know, the, the, uh, the top uh, tech company in, in Europe. Uh, valued at 12 billion or 11.8 billion. Um, so Spotify only just, just took over last year when they did went, went public with 26 million valuation or something, 26 billion valuation or something. So yeah, I was, I was lucky I was Googling and this, this company came up as the number one. And, uh, I was, I went to the gym that night and I didn't know what I was doing personal training in the meantime to try and keep the, the food business afloat. And, um, and basically this guy walks in and he was wearing a Supercell t-shirt. And I thought, oh shit, you're kidding me. I, just, I saw this company today, you know, when we we're Googling, and I, I just walked up to the guy and uh, started talking to him and offered to help him in the gym. And, you know, uh, we go along really well. He was a young guy. Um, and he, I sort of told him a story about what I was doing and why I was in Finland. And um, yeah, and I just said, like, can you introduce me to someone at your office? And he said, sure. Like, uh, and this is this still when we had the food business. When he got me a meeting in the office about two or three days later, uh, I started selling food to a lot of people in that company. So that's when the, the food business was going pretty well. But then we had problems with uh, delivery trucks and stuff like that. One of the partners that we had was he owned a delivery company and his delivery company went bankrupt. So we lost all the means of logistics. And so it started to get really, really dodgy. So I was like, okay, now I have to call it. 
closed the food business. Um, and then when I did that, I had to call these companies and say, like, look, I, I'm uh, closing the food business and, um, you know, I, I'm a good coach. Uh, I'm a better coach than I am a chef. So um, basically, they, I said it, they had a, a gym inside the company and I said, look, I'll work for free until you guys want to pay me. You know, so I had nothing to lose at the time. I think I had like 300 euros on my account. Uh, I was like one or two months behind rent. Uh, so we were going through a pretty shit time. We didn't have a bed, uh, sleeping on the ground. So it was like, um, so yeah, nothing to lose. And then I started working this company for free. They started sending more and more people down downstairs and I just basically stayed there all day, you know, trying to help people in the company gym. Um, and then, yeah, six weeks later, I think I was completely booked out. I had my calendar full. Um, wow. Yeah, a nice hourly salary. So I went from like, you know, having 300 on my account to making 8K a month, you know, just for myself with, with no costs, which was pretty nice at the time. Um, so, yeah, I got really, really lucky. You know, of course, it was a bit of hard work as well, but uh, I think most of that was honestly luck that I was definitely in the right place at the right time and, you know, just I knew, luckily knew the right things to say to the right person. So, yeah, man. Yeah, well, Aaron, we, we make our own luck, and it looks like you, you did it too because if you wouldn't – if you didn't talk to that guy, if you didn't go train and offer to work for free, uh, that luck wouldn't have been there, right? Sure. sure. No, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's great. And um, eventually the, the owners of that company actually, uh, they, they loaned me some money to, to start my own gym because, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of clients inside that company and they were just like, okay, Aaron, you've got to, you've got to step up and take this to the next level. And, uh, I, I jokingly said to the, to the guy, okay, well, let me, let me 110 grand and um, I'll, I'll, go and, I'll go and build a gym. And he's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I I paid him back actually yesterday. So um, so that's wow. the other interesting part of the story. But you know, I paid his loan off yesterday. So uh, and then um, they eventually bought shares in my company. So uh, and then helped me grow it. And now we've got now we have uh, soon to be three gyms. We we have the the leases signed in two new ones. And um, so we got yeah, two current ones running. But we're renovating one of them at the time. So. Yeah, it's been wow. that's such a cool story. Yeah, so incredible. And and now you guys are are, are doing fantastic, right? Your your million dollar company, yeah, or million euro company because Finland has euros, right? Yes, yes, mate. It's uh, yeah. So it's about we're doing hundred k a month at the moment, um, like euro. So I think that's one hundred twenty thousand US or a hundred and. 150,000 US or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, we've been pretty stagnant, I would say, honestly, for about uh, about four months because we sold out our, our first gym uh, in the first sort of nine months of, of building it. So we earned sort of, sort of 25K to 100K uh, in nine months. Um, so we, we couldn't fit any more coaches in there. We couldn't fit any more clients in there without sort of sacrificing the level of service, and that's something we didn't want to do. Uh, during the last few months, we've been looking for new locations and uh, we, we got one approved. And then uh, at the last minute, we were, we were starting to do the renovations and setting up all the plans and applying for the approval, approvals to the city to, to build a gym. Like Finland's a, a country of a lot of bureaucracy. Um, and then we couldn't get this one air conditioning pipe through this little hole. 
and they because it's like an old building, they didn't want us to drill the hole out bigger and all this sort of stuff. So we had to pull that pin and the whole renovation plan about our big dream gym inside the city. And uh, so that sucked. But um, I, I call it basically an emergency meeting with my business partners. And uh, we sort of knew that the the gym that I was started I started coaching at in the in the basically at Central Station was was going pretty bad. You know, we knew it was going backwards and members were leaving and uh, all that sort of stuff. So I, I walked up there that day and offered to buy that gym. And so we bought that gym that day. Um, and then we just started to, and now we've yeah, hired five new coaches to work there and we're, we're renovating that in a month. So in July, in July, we're closing the whole place for renovation and uh, yeah, kicking it back off. But yeah, it's, it's been a definitely interesting story. So that was where I met the guy when I had the food business in that gym. And, yeah. uh, so ended up ended up buying it, you know, a couple of years later. So it was pretty cool. Wow, that's so impressive. How how big is your team right now? Uh, my team is nineteen, no, 20, 20 people if you count the external stuff. So and there, uh, that means twenty coaches or other people that are not coaches. Uh, seventeen coaches. Yeah. So seventeen coaches, and we have like one COO slash CFO. He was the guy that was running the food business with me. He's been my friend for a long time here. Um, and then we have a guy who uh, helps me with all my content. Um, you know, he's a he's a high school philosophy teacher originally. Uh, he does he does a little bit of coaching as well. Um, so he, he writes all my stuff, uh, writes all my ads. Um, and then we got another another performance marketer living in the UK. And then we have one guy um, also that lives in Australia. He helps me with the, the programming and the, and the setting up of all the systems, all the coaching stuff. So a very, very experienced coach that we, we get to use as well. Incredible. And when you were, you were in the Army and you were a combat fitness instructor, so this is yeah. basically you were teaching the army how to fight is that right no combat fitness instructor it's a bit of a misleading name to be honest um it's it's more the guy who ran the boot camp sessions that yells and screams at people is the best way to explain it okay that's that you know a parent scary guy that just tells everyone to hurry the fuck up (laughs) so um (laughs) but that's that's basically what the role was uh yeah so every morning I i would get up i'd go to work uh, it was the best job in the army. Uh, I love that job. Uh, I get up, I go to work. I generally run like a PT session, and my my unit was about 160 people. So I'd run a PT session for a lot of people, and um, you know, it was me just yelling and screaming at people, whether it be doing pack marches, like putting all, putting all the gear on, running up hills, or you know, doing uh, you know a, a sort of gym workout style thing with like metal bars, like heavy metal, 30 kilo, 20 to 30 kilo bars, or you know, tires, like more CrossFit style workouts, sort of instructing more that style. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or whether it could be sprints or go for a run or anything that I wanted to do that day, I would say. So it was great to <laughs> sort of do whatever I wanted to do. That's <laughs> <stuff. laughs> <So> anyway. <laughs> uh, and then, then basically I had most of the day off. Um, so I, I would, it would be prep time, they would say, uh, for the next day sessions. And then I would teach obstacle courses in the afternoon. So like, where you get with your tough mudder, tough biking, you know, those those long range obstacle courses. So I teach those like how to climb ropes or how to how to crawl or, you know, weird how to climb walls and stuff like that. So that was my afternoon job. It was a really good, really, really cool job. And I was super, super lucky to get that one. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So were you into fitness and working out before that point? Uh, yeah. Before you were 17? Yeah, I'd say it was, uh, it's probably been the biggest part of my life. Uh, you know, I, I think so much it has to do with like how you're brought up. Um, when I was a kid, uh, my dad's my dad's an athlete. He's um, still the world champion, a world champion cyclist. Uh, he's like 56, I think he is. We're talking this morning about his training. So we, we, I, I help him out with his training now, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> but um, he's a world champion enduro 24-hour mountain bike cyclist. So he does 24-hour races on a mountain bike, does them on the road as well. Uh, he's also a, a velodrome track cyclist. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's second in the world there as well. So, uh, you know, he's done, he's done a lot of stuff. So ever since I've been really young, I've been sort of, you would say like you got you get pushed a little bit uh, to do these things. Like my dad used to wake me up and uh, you know early early morning at like four forty five I think it was, uh, and then he used to put me in the car, drive me up the road eight kilometers, and then drop me out on the side of the road and tell me to run home. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then like I would go to school. And I played rugby a lot at school, so rugby because I'm Aussie. Uh, played rugby a lot at school. Uh, so we do rugby training first thing in the morning at, at like a private school, it's a rugby union, uh, and then you know school all day, and then I played rugby league, which is a different version of rugby uh, for a for a club team, so like a local team, and then at night time I box, I did boxing, so you know I was generally doing like four sessions a day as a kid, so you know, I was uh, definitely into health and fitness. When I actually joined the army um, to do, to go through basic training, I actually got unfit. By doing that, so yeah, because yeah, we only did one session a day, one maximum two sessions a day, and I was used to doing four. So I thought after the army was a bit a bit easy during the basic stuff anyway. Like you know, when we got more to the advanced stuff, it was pretty interesting. But yeah, so yeah. definitely this has been a massive part of my life, and why I'd say that that discipline and um, you know being disciplined and stuff like that was installed for me from pretty young. So it's it's a massive part for sure, man. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you have lots of experience with uh, almost anything, right? From boxing, cycling. Yeah. And now when you want to find more customers, more leads for your businesses, what kind of tools do you use? Where do you find your leads? So we, we get a lot of our customers through referrals. Um, and we also, we also do pretty well with uh, Facebook ads. And another thing that we do um, is cold calling. Obviously, we, we put out content every day. We do all the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing, it's nothing crazy, but I'd say we, we build a pretty established brand inside the city. Like Helsinki is not the biggest city in the world. It's, uh, it's pretty small, pretty niche. And I'd say like you'd say nearly every business owner would know who we are uh, or, or business top, like, top executive would know who we are. Right? So, um, yeah, we, mostly Facebook ads, cold calling, uh, Finland is really, really great that you, they have this, they share everything. So, you know, you know how much every single person gets paid, which is also a bit annoying. Uh, you know how much everyone's salaries, you can just Google it, the salary will pop up. Um, and then you can basically get everyone's phone number. So, uh, you just have to buy a list and the list is super cheap. So we do a bit of cold calling because a lot of our clients just don't sit on Facebook, scrolling through Facebook. Um, and then we'll talk about who we work with, who we help, what we do. Uh, and then, you know, so we get a lot through cold calling, a lot through Facebook ads and, yeah, mostly referrals. I like it. And how do you get rid of the time waster leads? <laughs> um, it's not so bad. I think, I think we get, like, Finland's a, 
Malaysia is one of the only countries in the world, or we mostly target men, one of the only countries in the world where women are more extroverted than men, okay? So uh, as a percentage. So a lot of Finnish men are pretty shy. That doesn't mean they're not confident, but they won't generally turn up and have that situation where they just will turn up to an intro, like a free, free intro session, because that's what we market, and then they turn it down. It's very, very rare that they even turn up if that's the case. So I'd say we convert about 60% of the people that turn up to the free sessions. So that's, that's really, really good. Um, you know, we get basically two people turning up every single day. So yeah, the time waste leads, obviously like there's ways I have done it with the online business. We have an online business and I get more time wasters there. Um, you know, application pages, long funnels, you know, so they really have to consume a lot of your content before they get a chance to engage, like to actually apply for a call. Uh, and doing doing really really simple things like that. So I think if you you cold pitch to people and ask them to jump on a call or jump in for an intro session, that's when you get the most time wasters. But I think when you have an established brand, it also gets rid of a lot of time wasters. So uh, yeah. And you have a remote program. So if a a business person in the US wants. I don't know, once to get fit, do you have a remote program or a virtual program for that? Yeah, we have an online program. So we basically do everything that we can do um, with our face-to-face business apart from be with them at the time. The big the big reason that we did it was because, you know, we obviously want to reach more people. Uh, but then a lot of entrepreneurs or business executives, like, like you said yourself, you're traveling at the moment. So it really rules out a lot of the time for a business executive around or an entrepreneur to have a face-to-face coach, okay? So we we started to make the product more for our face-to-face clients because they travel so much and we want to support them while they're away. But then, you know, we realized, okay, we could potentially do this for, for online clients all around the world and, and provide this level of service where we message them every day and we check up them all the time. We, we send them a ring, uh, an aura ring to track their sleep and then we, you know, help them out when they travel. So when they travel to a certain area, we might organize their food for them. Uh, like we might organize, like, okay, this is where you're going. You're going here. This is where we recommend you pick up your food from or order your food. Uh, you just got to go there and pick it up. Um, so all these little things uh, to try and make it as, as sort of easy for the person as possible to sort of support them throughout the whole process. That <laughs> sounds pretty interesting too. So you mentioned uh, sleep. Is that very important uh, when it comes to being fit? Yeah, I'd say it's um, it's a big overlooked part of the part of the whole journey. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are pretty bad <laughs> when it comes to sleep. Um, you know, we think okay, it's the, that's the last thing on the list that we need to take off. But most of the time, when we're when we're working away, super, like really late at night, it's pretty ineffective ineffective work. So prioritizing sleep is one massive thing. I'd say it's the the best legal performance enhancing drug that you can take. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's an amazing tool for for all for both fat loss, muscle gain, you know, cognitive stuff. So you know, being able to be alert, focused, and have a ton of energy uh, is something you really, really need to look after. And uh, making sure that your sleep is also you know effective as well as like the, the quality of sleep is very, very good as well as the quantity. So yeah. that's where I think a lot of people go down and and where some of these sleep trackers can be really, really beneficial and. You know, giving them great tips to how to wind down, how to get ready for bed, you know, how to make their room, you know, all these little things. Like, I, I don't know if you know, when you go to a hotel like yourself right now, um, your sleep will be 
you know, uh, hindered because you're in a hotel. It's not a, it's not a common space you've been before, right? So, you know, as humans, we are like sort of, we want to protect ourselves. So you actually won't go into a deep sleep because you want to stay awake because you say, in case someone actually barges into your room. So that was like from the caveman days, we didn't actually go into deep sleep because, because we were always so worried that someone's going to come in and take our food and kill us. So it's the same thing when you go to a hotel. So, um, so we have to have little tricks to get around those things and also, and also accepting the fact that our sleep is not going to be as good and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So how about food? What percentage of being fit do you think comes from what we eat or how much we eat? Um, yeah. Well, like everyone, everyone wants to break down, like, what's the most important thing, right? It's like, is it the is it the training? Is it the nutrition? Is it the sleep? Is it the cardio? Is it the weights? You know, and it, it's so very it so much varies person to person. Like like myself, I am I, I'd say I'm genetically gifted, right? I I can eat McDonald's every day, and I'll probably still stay pretty lean, right? I'm I am I am gifted at the moment, but I'm still pretty young. I'm only 30 years old, so how long that lasts? Uh, I don't eat McDonald's every day because it makes me feel like shit. But um, I barely have it maybe once every few months but you know uh you know so it's not really i can't really say like it's yeah it's 80 nutrition 20 training or you know or 10 training 10 sleep uh it's so much varies person to person everyone's so different so that's why it's important to we uh when we do it we really really sit down and work out what are the handbrakes what are the roadblocks that is holding this person back from getting the results they want or feeling the way they want to feel or look or perform and then we, we sit down and we have those conversations and we look at tracking all these things and then removing one of those handbrakes or removing one of those roadblocks one at a time because if we try and with an entrepreneur or a busy person their priority is not health and fitness right otherwise they wouldn't have come to me to start with so we have to look at like okay how do i make this as easy as possible for this person to get some form of result Right. It's very, very easy for a, a, strength, a strength coach or a personal trainer or a performance coach, whatever you want to call it, to go, okay, this is the plan that you're going to do. You're going to train four days a week with weights. You're going to do two cardio sessions a week. You're going to eat for breakfast six eggs and some avocado and then like, for, and then chicken and rice for three other meals, you know, vegetables. That's a very, very easy thing for you to do, like a coach to do. So it's very, very easy to coach athletes. Athletes are easy. When it comes to coaching a business professional whose priority is not that, that's when that's when you get some curveballs. So it's like we have to assess things like daily movement, right? So how many steps do they take a day, right? So luckily the, the aura ring can tell me that uh, so I can track that person's stuff all, all the time. Uh, you know, are they getting 10,000 steps a day? So you know, are they active? So that's something we look at first, right? Uh, then we might look at are they training? What are they eating? You know, And then how much are they sleeping? And then we have to look at What do I feel as a coach, as the, as, the, as the person's performance coach, is to be the number one thing that we need to fix? And then also, why are they doing the things that we're doing, like what, what they're doing? So um, maybe their belief structure is a little bit off as to what they can really achieve and they don't believe in themselves to get themselves the, the result that they really want. Yeah. As a busy entrepreneur, for example, I spend 80% of my time when I'm awake in front of a screen uh, selling products on Amazon, Walmart, and doing uh, all kinds of e-commerce. Uh, so when it comes to stay fit, which I want to be fit and I want to be healthy and live long, of course, mm -hmm. but I always find that 
if I start working out, it's going to cut into my money-making time. How much time do I really need to... You can't, you can't do a workout in 20 minutes, right? right? I would say 20. You could even get it done in seven minutes, right? But you have, I think you have to look, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs look very, very short picture, like very, very you know, short term when it comes to, okay, this is cutting into my money-making time. Maybe. Right, but is that cut, is that extending how long you can actually work for, and how effective your work is every single day because you have more energy, more focus, you've got more clarity with everything you're doing. So yes, I understand. You know, like I train for an hour, and it takes me half an hour to shower and half an hour to eat. So it's two hours a day for four days a week, and it's eight hours. And then it's like okay, but does those eight hours add years to your life and add years to your working life and add quality to your life? With your, I don't know that well, but uh, with your family, friends, all those sort of things, and, and what's the things that are really, really valuable? Yeah, money is valuable, but you know, if your quality of life is pretty shit, money's not that valuable anymore. So uh, that's something that's a, you have to really weigh up. Um, like I, 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 I like money, uh, but it's not the the number one thing or the reason why I do things. Um, and so that's something that most entrepreneurs they have to have a really good look at themselves and still work out, hey, what do I really value, right? And Because uh, I think actions dictate values more than anything right now. I do get the hustle. I do understand it all. But um, it can be done in a very short period of time. And normally we recommend for entrepreneurs to take, you know, half an hour workouts to start off with. And then we step it up a little bit more when they start to see the, the benefit of training. They Most of the time, a lot of our clients will just be getting they would really get depressed if they didn't get that time for themselves, right? So in really effective work, we don't really do that many hours of effective work a day. So it's just that planning in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a fantastic answer, Aaron. That was super honest. I love that. So that, that was a great <laughs> answer. Uh, you know, once I bought those, uh, I don't know what they're called. It's like uh, electric shocks. So you put it on your abs and it shocks your abs. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I could kind of get a workout, ab workout while I was sitting on my desk. And <laughs> it, it, it would contract my abs. Like they would contract every time I got a shock. But the results were pretty much that I got shocked. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Thames machine. So they're mostly used for rehabilitation. Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't work that well. They, they're good for a recovery day. Uh, so you see a lot of athletes using it for recovery. Uh, to stimulate some sort of blood flow to the, mu- to, the, to the muscles that have been trained so they can get new blood in there, decrease some inflammation so they can get ready for the next training day. That's the main reason they came out. I think like Bruce Lee made them popular, didn't he? Like that, was the, that was the thing that made it popular back in the day. Um, but yeah, he, he used it for when he had that back injury or something. I'm trying to remember the movie now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I get it, man. I get it. But uh, generally, like, some great tips for entrepreneurs, I'll, I'll list some for you, is uh, Google precision nutrition uh, eating eating methods and, and the, the hand measurement rule. That's a, that's a great way for, uh, for entrepreneurs to get some sort of value. How to understand nutrition and how to make it really, really simple, even when you're on the road, even when you're traveling. Get 10,000 steps a day. Most people have an iPhone. You have Apple Health. That will measure whether you get 10,000 steps a day. Right, and then get three workouts in a week. If you can do that, you'll do pretty well. That's a really, really good baseline to start with. 
So, you know, taking I, I personally, like uh, right now I'm sitting down taking this call, but when I have my coaching calls for my online clients, I am walking. I, I go for a walk outside in the city and I end up doing like 18,000 steps a day, right? So I have coaching calls when I'm doing that. When I am, when I have meetings with my partners, I go get up, like my business partners, I get up, let's, we're all going outside and we're walking outside. Whether it's middle of winter, I don't get a shit. It gets them like similar here to Canada. So it's, it's like minus 30. Uh, we're going for a walk outside. We're doing our meetings outside. We don't sit down and have meetings. Uh, and I tell a lot of my clients to do that as well. I message their assistants and then I tell them to put in their assistant, like in their calendars. I tell their assistant to put in the calendar that this meeting is a walking meeting. They have to have one a day. Right. So these are little things that entrepreneurs can do. So if you're scheduling calls, you know, maybe not a podcast, but it has to be a little bit more structured. Um, but you know, scheduling calls with people, take them on a take them on a walk. I think that's one of the best ways you can sort of integrate health and fitness into your life as an entrepreneur or a business executive anyway. Yeah, I, I like that. That reminded me of Goggins. I don't know if you know who Goggins is. I have, I know Goggins, but I don't know. I think I watched some of him on the, the Joe Rogan podcast, but I didn't watch the whole podcast and I haven't read his book. But I, I guess he probably has a, a bit of a similar mentality to me. Uh, yeah. With some things, that, although he's a beast. Um, but yeah, amazing athlete. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have, I get it. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a billionaire that once asked him, asked him to stay at his house for 30 days and tell him what to do, uh, when to work out. And so he, he did, he took it, he took that challenge and he moved in. And one day there was a storm, like tornadoes and everything. And the news said, stay inside, close your doors. And he said, he looked at Goggins and he had the biggest smile and said, wow, that's perfect weather to go work out. <laughs> and they went for a run. <laughs> if, it isn't, if, it, if it ain't raining, you ain't trying <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Doing these things, getting outside your comfort zone is the things that game make you move forward. The same thing with business, right? So, so, yeah. You probably get asked a lot, what's the easiest way to get a, a six-pack abs? Instead, <laughs> of, instead of the easiest way, what is the best way? Um, I, I would question why the person wants a six-pack to start off with. Uh, most people think they want a six pack, but they don't really want a six pack. So, you know, the easiest way to get six pack abs is to eat healthy food every single day, be in a calorie deficit and move a lot. That's the easiest way. There's no secrets to it. There's no special pill. There is, but there's the steroids performance enhancing, but you're still going to have to eat healthy. You're still going to have to train. Um, but there's, there's no real shortcut way. Most people will come in and say they want a six pack because it's been glorified by, you know, by men's health magazine and all those sort of things. But, but maintaining a six pack is a very hard thing to do, to be honest, unless your priority is health and fitness. So generally, if a client comes in and says that, I have to start questioning as to why they want it. Um, and then maybe they just want something else. Maybe they just said six pack because that's a common thing that people say. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what is their version of a six pack as well? Is it a six pack of flat stomach? Because some people call six pack a flat stomach. Right. For me, a six pack is I see veins from my legs to my neck. Right. So, like through my skin, I see veins uh, all the way up. So, that's what I call a six pack. But then some people just don't call it that. So, yeah, the easiest way eat healthy, be in a calorie deficit. So, eat, eat less than you sort of burn. 
uh, and then move a lot to train a lot. Uh, sit-ups won't give you it, give you abs. Uh, you can't spot reduct fat. So doing a sit-up doesn't remove the fat on your belly. Just like doing a bicep tool doesn't re- doesn't remove the fat on your arm. Right? There's no there's no direct spot reduction things that come out. You know, because for all the infomercials that you see on TV, they are all wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So now changing gears a little bit. Sure. When you're building up your team, how do you know you're recruiting the right people for those jobs? And <laughs> it, did it work out for you? You don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I got told something really, really cool by uh, it was this, the CEO of Supercell. And um, he, he said, hire people better than you. And, and that's what I've tried to do ever since the start. So uh, you have to put your ego aside and then stop worrying about if people will take your product or take your ideas uh, and empower people that are better than you. And, and that's what I had to learn a lot as a CEO. Uh, like I, I can't do two plus two. As I said, I can't grow a stick figure. So I can't, I'm not terrible at maths. I have zero interest in using an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, I have zero interest in you know, creating a PowerPoint presentation. So I hired the guy that does that stuff. Um, I'm not the best writer. Uh, I can write stuff. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm a, I'm a good writer in actually writing stuff. But then when I read it back, it doesn't really make sense. So um, at least I think it makes sense when I'm writing. So I hire a guy who writes stuff a lot better than me, or I write stuff and he edits it. You know, so or he makes it. He makes it even better. Um, being in Finland, uh, a massive part of the the big problem of running business in a different country is the fact that I didn't speak the language. So. You know, that is a big hurdle that I had to come across. And, you know, a massive objection when it comes to getting clients as well, the fact they couldn't talk to me in their, in their mother tongue. So I had to hire, obviously, Finnish-speaking guys. You know, I hired, you know, other guys who I thought would be good on video, right? And a lot of these guys, they didn't have this job before they come and work for me as well. So I had to think about, okay, I'll hire this guy, but then I'm going to have to find him a mentor because I don't, I know a little bit about getting into the place where he needs to go. Um, you know, and I hired mentors myself to improve myself in every single role in the business, but I, I need to make this person better than me. So, you know, when you set a startup in a way, you can't always hire people better than you. You just have to hire people that could be better than you, right? So that's believing in people and sort of, you know, you know, hoping that, that everything sort of works in a way. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a really, really tough one. But yeah, yeah, yes, it does. And you know what? I, I never thought of that bef- before, that uh, uh, there is, of course, a different language in Finland. So yeah. do, do, can you speak it now? <laughs> no. No? It's, it is one of the hardest languages ever, man. So uh, I can speak two-year-old Finnish. So uh, that's, that's about my limit. Uh, I can understand a lot of it, uh, but it's like if you, you spun the English language backwards and try to speak backwards, And then the grammar is backwards. Have you seen have you seen Lord the movie The Lord or any of the movie The Lord of the Rings? Yes. Do you know the language Elvish from Lord of the Rings? I I remember some uh, hearing a bit of it. Okay. Well, Elvish is very very similar to Finnish. <laughs> so that was that language was taken from Finnish. So oh really? Uh, yeah. So. Just so, just so everyone knows, Lord of the Rings is fake. Okay, but it's, uh, yeah, so um, yeah, that, that language was taken from Finnish, so it's a, it's a very very tough language. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever learn it. I think I'll learn it if I have kids, 
because I don't want them having a secret language and talking about me behind my back. So but, uh, it's too tough and too time consuming to learn. So I haven't needed it yet because I've hired the right people. I've just, yeah, I've got an amazing team. They're, they're great. So I, I trust them to do their job in their own language. Good, good to hear that. So Aaron, uh, for, for the people that are listening that are not in Finland, and they want to um, check out your online program, where can they find it? Uh, I think the best way is going through my Facebook. That would be the first way. Um, and or, or then to sellcreek.com. So S-E-L-K-R-I-G.com. Awesome. And for those that are in Finland and maybe they want to go over and uh, meet you or check out the gym. How uh, how can they find you? It's the exact same website. That makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Cool, Aaron. It was such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you, and I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.